Welcome to the Get Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Liz McGavro, and I'm obsessed with all things writing, creativity, and telling your stories in your authentic voice, because I believe a good story can change the world. Ever since I was a little girl with my nose in a book, I dreamed of being an author. I wanted to see my books in bookstores everywhere. I wanted to talk about books. I wanted to soak up everything about the craft. My celebrity crushes were mostly authors, and I could feel in my bones that the writer's life was my destiny. Fast forward to today. Along with my alter ego, Kate Conti, I'm an Agatha Award-nominated best-selling author with three mystery series, but it wasn't all smooth sailing along the way. I experienced many setbacks, crushing self-doubt, a lot of career detours, and I even lost my voice a few times when I let the world get in my way. Until I learned that writing was so much more than just a skill set you learned and developed over time. It's also an inside job that flourishes when you heal all the wounds that are stifling your creativity, which is no easy task. So if you're a writer of any kind, or if you've always wanted to write but aren't sure where to start, this is the place for you, my friend. We're going to talk about all things writing process, craft, strategies to help you get writing and stay writing, the daunting world of agents, editors, and publishing. And because I'm using my authentic voice, I'm going to throw in a little woo-woo for you too. So let's get writing, shall we? I'm your host, Liz McGavro, and do I have some inspiration for you today? Okay, so this one is for all of us, myself included, who live on the procrastination train or take daily rides on the excuse train or are still putting off writing that book or that other project that we had an idea for a decade ago and never actually did anything about. My guest today is 16 years old, and she's already written more than 26 books. Yep, you heard me right. Not only that, she's figured out self-publishing, she creates her own marketing plans, and no, she doesn't just rely on social media, we're going to talk all about that, and she even has a marketing budget. I mean, that's not too shabby for someone who literally can't even vote yet. So here's more about her. Shanti Hershenson's first two novellas were published when she was in the sixth grade, although her writing journey started long before then. Ever since she could hold a pencil, marker, or crayon, she was creating stories. They started from pictures, scribbles, and eventually turned into captivating tales. She lives in California with her parents, her sister, and furry friends. Besides writing, she skateboards, she beyblades, free runs, she does falconry, and of course, she reads. She writes in a variety of genres, including science fiction, fantasy, and historical fiction, although she's mostly a sci-fi girl. And she advocates for anti-bullying. And you may find her at open mic nights performing her spoken word poem, Needles and Thorns, which is about the struggle of bullying in middle schools. She's truly an inspiration. I can't wait for you to meet her. I guarantee you're going to walk away inspired to do the thing, whatever thing it is that you've been putting off doing. So let's jump in. I hope you enjoy this conversation. 
Hey, Shanti, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, this is going to be so fun because I got to tell you, you are an inspiration to me. Um, so let me just have people tell you, have you tell people about yourself and then they'll know exactly why I'm saying that. So look, take it away. All right. So my name is Shanti Hershenson. I am 16 years old and I am a teen author. I published my first two novellas when I was 12 years old. And ever since I have been writing all, like novels and poetry and creating this really awesome portfolio. And through this, I've established a really cool readership. And honestly, it just been a ton of fun. <laughs> I love it. I love it. See, see why she's an inspiration. I mean, I knew when I was your age, well, younger that I wanted to be a writer, but I didn't write my first book until I was in grad school. I mean, I don't know what I was waiting for. So how did you just, what made you just start doing it? And did you, did you self-publish? Tell us about what you did. So for the first two novellas I wrote, um, I don't even, I, I'm like all like between whether or not like I count them as actual like my books of mine because it, it varies depending on how I feel. Um, but those books I'd written with a friend of mine when we were in the sixth grade and we wanted to get a printed copy. So I looked online and I found Amazon's Kindle Direct Publishing and I kind of published a book without knowing entirely what I was doing, but being able to like fill out those forms gave me the skill set to be able to like publish books later on. Then I actually, there was a kind of between like those books and my first actual novel, there was a six months, four months, something like that. There was a bit of a gap. And what happened was the pandemic hit and I still didn't necessarily believe that I could write anything of actual like length and like good quality. Like, you know, I was 12. I thought I could write like a 12 year old. <laughs> And what happened was just because I was stuck at home and I had nothing to do, I started writing a novel and I honestly did not believe in myself at all. I was like, oh, well, maybe if this is good, I can figure out a way to like share it with people. And just as I kept writing, I really fell in love with the story and I really realized like, oh, I actually, I want to publish this. I want people to read this. And that's really how it happened. That's awesome. So what was your book about and what inspired it? So the first novel I wrote is called Biome Lock. I think you can see the first. I have a printed copy of the first draft behind me, and then the published version is a little different. And that book is – so it takes place 30 years after an alien invasion in which the aliens have forced the humans to live captive in these, like, artificial biomes. Mm. And there's a lot of lore like, that goes along with Biome Lock. I really – I, it, it, gets, it goes pretty deep. I, I don't know what I was thinking when I was 12, but it gets very chaotic and very deep. I, I believe a lot of the inspiration did come from being under lockdown mm. because there are a lot of themes of like isolation and feeling kind of trapped and scared. And I do really think that reflects in the writing and the characters. Also because the characters were really similar ages to me. I was about 12 and most of the characters around 13. So they're just slightly older than me. And I actually then ended up, you know, outgrowing them as I kept working on that series. And they're definitely, like, there's parts of myself in all those characters. And a lot, even though they're dealing with these aliens, they're also dealing with, like, the struggles of, like, a 13-year-old. Hmm. I love that. Did you, like, did you work on this with, I know you said your novellas were done with friends, but was the novel just solely yours? Did you work with friends on it at all? No? Just me. Awesome. There was a point though, where I um, was putting my friends in the book, but mm -hmm. actually that was the first and only time I ever did that. And I'm changing the names because I don't like putting like real, well, at least people I'm friends with, yeah. <laughs> like people, like, like I don't put people I'm friends with in my books. I have actually based characters on real people though. <laughs> 
Oh, so oh, am well. I. And I have, yeah. uh, I've murdered a lot of them too. So, you know, there is that. <laughs> so do you mainly talk, tell me about what genres you mainly write in. I mainly do science fiction, but I'm also really trying to expand into other genres because I don't want to be I don't want to be stuck writing one genre for the rest of my life because I have so many ideas. So I've also written a bit of fantasy. I recent I was about to say recently, but this was actually a year ago. Now I wrote my first high fantasy um, books, and it was a it was originally one book, but it was pretty long. So I think it's gonna it's a duology. And um, that was a new experience. I'm also, the book I'm currently writing is like very realistic, like contemporary. It's very, I gotta say, I'm worried about the book I'm writing right now because it's so like, because I'm a teenager, I can really write accurately with like teenagers. So I'm worried like adults are just not going to understand anything the characters are saying and doing. (laughs) And I'm also like... I'm really enjoying right now, like writing these kind of like deeper, more realistic, but also like personal stories. So the book I'm going to write next, I'm thinking I'm going to do, I have this like memoir idea and I think I'm just going to like do it. That's awesome. You're just, you're, you're an inspiration. You really are. (laughs) Thank you. Where did you, I I have so many questions. I barely know where to start. So did you um, learn anything about writing or did you just sit down and was like, I'm going to write a book and I'll figure it out as I go? So I'd been really interested in writing for most of my life, but I wouldn't necessarily say I learned a lot. It was more like, honestly, I look back at my writing from a few years ago and like before I really started like writing consistently and I'm like, oh my gosh, I was a really like bad writer and, um, it's important in like, you know, I get asked this question a lot. It's like, I, um, I recently, like I found some of my old writing and honestly, like, it was pretty like behind like grade level, like when I was in elementary school, like I was really creative, but I don't necessarily think I was a good writer. I really could not spell. <laughs> I could, I, I like, I kind of still, I can spell now, but like, I couldn't really spell very well. I've noticed like my grammar was all off. So really like, I didn't learn a lot about writing before I started. And honestly, like I kind of started like pretty poorly. And then just the more I worked now, I genuinely like feel like I'm a solid writer. Yeah. Well, it's something you learn by doing. And, you know, when you're, when you're that young, you're still learning. I mean, I remember, I think I was a freshman in high school. I was still learning, you know, diagramming sentence. I, I never really understood that whole thing anyway, but yeah. I think that's when they teach it to you, right? In like freshman year or eighth grade or something like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, you learn by doing and you learn by reading. So I'm guessing that you're also a big reader. Yeah. I, I love reading. I, it's really interesting because what I read often reflects what I write. I read everything and I write everything. Like I, I I would still say like, oh, I really like science fiction, but also like, I don't read a lot of sci-fi anymore. I really just read like whatever looks interesting. Like I recently read a horror book and I'm not a really big horror person. Like I watch horror movies sometimes and stuff. And maybe like I've written some like kind of scary books but it's not my main genre and I still like enjoyed reading it. I enjoy reading romance books, but yeah, I do just love to read. Yeah. That's the best. I think that's the best way to learn how to write, you know, depending on the access you have to classes and, you know, other ways of learning. I think reading, you know, you're going to figure out how to do it one way or another, just by reading a lot of really good books and, and the authors that you resonate the most with for sure. Yeah. So do you have, um, writing goals every, like, do you write every day? 
I do. I, I've been writing a thousand words every day since I was in around seventh grade now. But I, I like I notice when I don't have school or particularly over the summer, I'll be writing a lot more, which is how I can get my books done a lot quicker. But yeah, I do have I have a ton of goals right now. One of my goals is I have a book coming out in April and I want to read through it one more time. So I'm going to try to read like a chapter every day. Wow. So are you how many books do you put out a year? Oh, it depends. It's actually gone down. In like 2021, I put out like eight books. They were shorter. (laughs) I had like three of them were like around like these 100 page novellas. Now, I'd say a good year is around like four like full length novels a year. That's what's been going really well for me. I have a really nice like editing backlog now. This year, it's going to be a little tricky (laughs) because the first book I'm releasing this year won't come out until April, like end of April. So it doesn't give me much time to release three other books, but I have a children's book and I believe I'm going to release that over the summer because I feel like it's like the perfect like summer children's book. And it's my first ever like not, you know, YA or older book. Like, so it's a new, it's a new thing for me. And then I'm hoping like I can kind of pull together like two more releases. Wow. That's amazing. That is amazing. Like how do you, you, what do you, do you still have a social life? I got to know. Yeah, I um okay. like actually this morning I just went and I had breakfast with one of my friends. But it it can be tricky. I really try to before I hang out with anyone, I try to get like all my work done. Of course today, like hung out with my friend first and then I'm going to go do all my work. Yeah. Do you do you find though that when you put your writing first, you get more done? Yeah, definitely. It's a lot easier and it's more honestly it's more comfortable for me if I like do everything first and then go and like relax because if I'm relaxing before everything's done, then I can't truly relax. Yeah. So I usually like I just try to get everything done and then maybe on a school day, maybe I have like an hour or two before I go to bed, depending on how much homework I have. Yeah. I have a lot of homework. Yeah. So we talk a lot in on this podcast and in, you know, other writer circles I'm in about you know, just this habit of, you know, how do you, writers love to talk and readers love to hear about, you know, writers process and how they structure their days and how many words a day they write. And, you know, this motive, the motivation for getting the work done. How do you stay motivated or get yourself motivated at such a young age? Right. Cause so, let's, let's be honest. I think a lot of kids your age would rather be out doing other things. So where did you find this dedication? How do you keep it up? Tell me. Tell me everything because I, I want to learn for myself. <laughs> My biggest answer is honestly like just setting that goal and sticking to it, whether you like whether you feel motivated or not. Like I, or, earlier on, there were some times and I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. And even now, like I'm like, oh, I don't want to write this book right now. Like I don't like where this is going. I feel, you know, I have self-doubt. But what I've noticed is just if I keep doing it every single day, it's like a habit. So it's not even a matter of like, oh, I feel extra motivated today to write. It's just like, oh, well, I'm going to write today because I've written, you know, every day for the last thousand days or so. Wow. And that's like really helpful. But also I noticed there are certain things that help me feel more in the spirit of writing. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite, I really love music and yeah. I love listening to music that reminds me of the book I'm writing. So for basically every book I've written, I have a playlist of songs that like remind me of the book and the story or maybe the 
character, something that's like, even if it's just like one scene, (laughs) I have this song on the playlist and then I can listen to it. So for example, there's like a couple songs that like remind me of certain characters or relationships. And whenever I'm about to write that character is like POV, I'll listen to that song. And that just always helps me feel like really excited to write. That's very cool. Thank you. Can you listen to like actual lyrics when you're writing or do you have to do it before? Yeah, I, um, I've, gotten pretty it depends like there's sometimes where I'm like oh I just can't like listen to anything but for the most part I usually enjoy listening to music while I'm writing and like I'm so used to it now that it's like I can't like I don't like being quiet when I'm writing yeah I do notice if I start to get distracted and I start like singing along then I have to turn it off Hmm. actually and then there was a point I had um I had like a concussion like a month ago. And Mm. during that point, I was still writing every day because I'm stubborn, even though I shouldn't have been. And I couldn't listen. I couldn't focus and listen to music. But then after, I was actually able to listen to music even better, which is kind of strange. Wow. So there's like, because there's like some songs that are just like so like, you know, chaotic that I can't listen to them. Now I can. So now I've actually somehow gotten a little bit like better at like focusing and still listening. So that's dedication right there, having a concussion and still writing every day. All right. So I'm I'm talking to my other writer friends out there who are like me and who can, you know, procrastinate like the best of them. (laughs) If if this girl can write with a concussion, we can write a thousand words a day. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. All right. So do you come from a creative family or what what does your family think about this? this venture of yours my family is definitely really like creative we don't have a lot of like writers and the family we kind of do like not like fiction writers but like some like nonfiction um kinds of books but like definitely everyone is really creative like my mom loves to write um my dad likes computer programming and my sister like makes jewelry and artwork so definitely like we're all very creative um and my outlet of creativity is my writing <laughs> but awesome. they've they've been like extremely supportive and I'm really thankful to have a really supportive family because it does like make a, a difference you know and it does help like slightly with the motivation but also you know I don't necessarily like need the approval of others to feel motivated but it does like help yeah for sure for sure. Yeah. My family, nobody was really super creative. Um, and no one was a writer. My grandfather was a police detective who, um, was a great like oral storyteller. Um, and I think, you know, it's from him that I got my love for both storytelling and for crime fiction. So oh yeah, it's, it's definitely, there is, it's, it's gotta be somewhere in, in the line, right. To, uh, yeah. So you also talk a lot in your books about bullying yeah. Is that because you experienced some bullying yourself and was the writing a way to kind of get past that and help others learn how to deal with it? Yeah, definitely. I've always used like writing as an outlet for my emotions. And like, even when I was like in like elementary school, when I was in like fourth grade and I was feeling really upset about something, I would often write a story about it because that was just how I learned to like express my feelings. So then when middle school came around and I had a lot of like crazy stuff happen, I needed to write about it. It was like, I have to get this story off my chest and, you know, maybe it can help people, maybe it'll disturb some people. So I ended up writing a book about bullying and it did help a lot of people, definitely did disturb a lot of people. One of my favorite, um, like, Goodreads reviews is literally just, like, just, like, um, I just realized it's a 
profanity, but it's, it's like, okay. you know, what the... <laughs> that's all the reviews said. We swear on this podcast. It's okay. <laughs> that, that's one of my favorite, like, reviews I've gotten. Yeah. Like, was it a was it a fiction, a work of fiction you were... Um... No. Okay. okay. Yeah, that was um, probably one of my only, like... It's called It's You Own Her Name. It's actually like my most one of my most popular books. And it really like did like change my career. It was really um interesting though, because you know, I wrote it when I was in seventh grade. And I wrote it about this really kind of terrifying like thing I went through. And I actually, you know, there were people that were meant like no one no one's named or anything, but I was yeah. still going to the school where the everything took place. Yep. <laughs> well, after I'd published the book, so that was interesting. And then um the person who's like the villain in the story of gave me a one star rating on Goodreads, which was funny. <laughs> but I think that's like a rite of passage. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. There's always a bad reviewer out there. And if they recognize themselves in it, I'm sure that's <laughs> like they're not named. Yeah. So how did they, you know? Yeah. yeah. Hi, this is Julian, the producer for the Get Writing podcast. Zencaster is an extremely important part of our workflow on this show. Podcasting has you working with a wide range of people who all have different computer and office setups, different levels of comfort with technology, and different levels of time and patience. Zencaster takes this big logistical headache and makes it utterly trivial. No more grappling with recording software, waiting for files to be delivered, losing files, none of that. Log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. Record studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. If you've ever thought about podcasting and thought that you need a lot of different tools and services, those days are over. Zencaster is an all-in-one podcasting platform. You can create your show all in one place and then distribute it to Spotify, Apple, and all the other major destinations. Go to Zencaster.com pricing and use our code writing. And you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience as we do for all of our podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. So when you say you're thinking of writing a memoir, is it related to that topic or no? Not quite. It's like yes and no. I think there are going to be probably some themes of like bullying in it, but it's more about like a completely like different struggle. Mm. Like, okay. yeah. Okay. So you're, you're self-published. Do you get any help, like editing help with your books or how do you, how do you approach that process? Oh my gosh. The editing process is so chaotic, <laughs> but I have a writing coach who helps me do like the kind of final rounds of round of editing to make sure like there's no plot holes because I think it's so tricky for writers to like self edit their own books like entirely themselves. And honestly, like I don't recommend it like at all because there's always some kind of error or plot thing that like, we're not going to notice. Cause what I find is there'll be things in my stuff. It's like, it makes complete sense to me. I'm like, Oh yeah, I, you know, understand this. I'm the only one that understands it. Yeah. Yep. Um, but usually my editing process I come up with a list of everything in the book once I'm done with it that I'm like unsure about or I don't like or maybe I want to change and then I go through and work on it. And then after that, like I do a read through where I'm like maybe proofreading it, like fixing any things that like, you know, don't make sense, like that I didn't notice. Often I really like printing out the book and noticing things. But what I did find is the last time I did that, I actually missed a lot of things. Mm. 
And I know these people say like, oh, well, if you print it out, you're actually going to notice more. But I found that I noticed less. So I don't know if I'm going to do that wow. anymore. Okay. So do you have um, a certain number of drafts that you do or do you just kind of know instinctively when something is pretty much done? It depends on the book. There are some books where I'm like, oh, I got I want to go back through it again and again and again. Typically, the books that are like shorter, surprisingly, are the ones that I want to do more drafts on rather than the ones that are really long. And that's just mm-hmm. kind of because, you know, I can be lazy and I'm like, oh, I don't want to read through this 80,000 word book. 50 times. Yeah. But I still, if I'm, if I feel like extra, like insecure about the book, that's what I'm going to go read through again. And then if I'm still like not feeling sure about it, I'll go back again. But typically it's around four drafts, five drafts. I, I tend to do a little less than like, yeah, I know people who do like 10 drafts and I like, I can't. Yeah. But um, Helipads in Heaven, which is the book, it's my 15th published book and it came out in October. That one I did around like six or seven. That was brutal. Yeah. And I, honestly, like it wasn't even that I thought there was a lot wrong with it. I just really liked that book and I wanted to keep reading it and I kind of couldn't let it go. Yeah. That's definitely a problem. We, we have to say there's always things that we could do to improve, but eventually we have to let it go, put it out into the world, right? Yeah. So do you... Um, when you're working with a coach, is this somebody that you, that you found and hired or is this somebody from school? Like yeah. how did you find your coach? Oh gosh. I don't remember. It's been since like, since I was in like seventh grade. Oh wow. So. That's awesome. But yeah. It's like having a mentor is really great. And honestly, like I recommend it for like every, especially like a young writer who's starting out because it's so like published, like not publishing, but like mainly like, you know, editing and even, you know, like some like the marketing things and just like having a writing career in general is really tricky yeah (laughs) it's like it can be a lot to navigate like there are so many like things that almost went wrong like early on because I did not know what I was doing at all like I almost um paid a vanity publisher like all this stuff Hmm. yeah it's I mean it's 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 a wild industry and there's definitely there are people that are way older than you who have also like almost done that or in some cases have done that. So, I mean, it's really, really great that you're learning all this stuff so young so you can, you know, take your career like to the next level later. So what are your goals for your career going forward? Oh, great question. I have a lot of different goals. Like one thing is I do think getting traditionally published at some point might be like, it's, I don't know because I'm already like, I'm already doing fairly well like self-publishing that I don't know what necessarily like you know there's like I could get like I would have to really um be careful about like which contracts I sign but I do think like there are some like you know opportunities that traditional publishers have like offered that you can't get through self-publishing or it's really hard to get through self-publishing so I think definitely trying that would be just you know I should it's an experience I need And also, I would really like to teach, like, some kind of writing class and really, like, expand kind of my audience by, like, helping and, like, teaching people. And then also, like, of course, like, a film adaptation would be really cool. Like, but, you know, that's, like, the ultimate goal. Yeah. Yep. So your audience is mainly uh, young adults? Yeah. Okay. Do you you see yourself writing for adults um, at this point or later as you, you know, kind of grow into that into that world I think definitely as I go I would really like to start writing for like every kind of audience Mm -hmm. like you know I recently wrote a book that's like a you know children's book and I have to get it illustrated and stuff and that's definitely for like younger younger kids 
And I think um, at some point, like, writing a book, like, for adults with, like, adult characters would be super fun. Actually, come to think of it, I have a couple books where the characters are, like, adults, but I still think it's a YA book. For example, like, my, my Never Dying series, the characters are, like, 19 and 21. But it's still, it's a young adult book. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. my book, Hell Pads in Heaven, one of the characters is 30 and the other is, like, 10 years old. I still think it kind of... It, that's a more that book is more like I can't categorize it. It's like for everybody. Mm. So when you when so when you found yourself reaching a level of success from self publishing, what would you attribute that to? Ooh, question. Honestly, time. I the biggest thing has just been keeping up with like my promotion. Mm. But I have to say, like another like really big thing has been TikTok and like getting establishing a presence on social media but that hasn't been like everything and really just the longer I spent releasing books and learning from like my successes and my errors just the better I got at like, promoting myself and I have to say it wasn't until around ooh, maybe I was in eighth grade and I was about to release Never Dying which came out in July of, not July, June of 2022. And that was when I actually came up with this really like concrete marketing plan that was designed to like really pull readers in and then like send them to my other books. And that was a completely new thing for me. I barely like, you know, I would have some things I knew I was going to do on the release day, but I would never actually write it down and like budget it. And then once I did that, it was, it became suddenly a lot easier to really promote my books. And now I have these really detailed, very tricky marketing plans, but they're also, you know, extremely important. Okay. This is fascinating to me. So tell me, all right. So first of all, there's two things I want to dig in on there. So first you said TikTok and I love that. And I expected to hear that from you, but then you also said TikTok isn't everything. So Say more about that. And then I want to hear about your marketing plan, but let's, let's cover TikTok first. Cause a lot of authors, you know, later on, like my age and, and, you know, older are trying to figure out TikTok and everyone's like, Oh, TikTok's the place you got to be to do this. And while I'm sure there's definitely some truth to that, what I'm hearing from you at your age, where all the kids are, right? Like that's what we hear. All the kids are on TikTok. You're saying it's not everything. Yeah. I, I think like, don't get me wrong. TikTok is great for marketing. I, so I joined, I made my writing account. I, of course I'd been on TikTok like unless since like 2019, but I made my writing account and started posting about my books in 2021. And that was when book talk really became a thing. And that like once reading started trending on TikTok, it completely changed the publishing industry and the way we look at books and the way we look at book marketing. So I, I found like success really early on and I'm still like doing really well. And I've really found a way to really reach an audience at the same time. I think only doing social media for your marketing is not the way to go about it. Cause there's all these really cool, like really prominent readers who maybe aren't on social media. For example, I found that some of my nicest like reviewers are from people who are older and probably aren't on like Instagram and TikTok. And these people probably wouldn't be hearing about the books if I didn't do like Goodreads giveaways, or I didn't use like free booksy and bargain booksy, or I didn't maybe do like, like Amazon ads. But at the same time, my primary audience is on TikTok. But I think I'm still, like, missing out on a large amount of really good, like, good readers if I'm only posting on TikTok. But still, a large amount of my marketing budget actually does go to social media. So, Wow. And so how did you – 
what kind of research did you do to figure out where you needed to be aside from TikTok and other social media platforms? Like, and how did you come up with your budget? Honestly, early on, I barely like knew what I was doing. I think one key thing that I did before, like before I created my account was I just like observed before I like actually, you know, made my first video, I've waited for a while and you know, 2021 was still the pandemic. And one thing I noticed about the pandemic was there were a lot of teenagers who just like wanted to write. And I think it was, it was very common for creative teenagers to try to write books during the pandemic. And I know a lot of them who succeeded. I know a lot of them who didn't. But one thing that was common between almost all these teenagers is that they were posting on social media and on TikTok about their books. So if I could observe and see like what videos were doing well and who was really like succeeding with promoting their, you know, the book they're writing. Then I took all that information. I kind of waited a while and then I started promoting my books. And by then I'd already published, I published my fifth book. That was You Own Her Name by then. And I just made these videos like sharing. I think my first video was like sharing the plot of my book. And I spent about like $20 advertising it. And this was right when TikTok ads started too. Hmm. So being there for like the kind of peak of book talk and then the beginning of like TikTok advertising was really, really important. Very cool. And how do you track back who you're getting from TikTok versus your other platforms? It's really hard to tell. And that does like, that is something that's kind of annoying is I can't directly see like who, you know, clicked the link in my bio on TikTok and then bought my book. But what I can notice is that like, when I have a video that's doing extremely well, there's always like a spike in sales. Particularly, I have particularly I have two books that are free, and that's You Own Her Name and The Nightmare of Zyle Delane. And I can see that whenever I have a video that does really well, both those books have a spike in like downloads. And then also I have some of my paid books like Never Dying or The Bane of Angel Fall Academy or Helipads in Heaven. They get a handful of sales too. And typically it's, of course, like if I have a video that's doing very well about a specific book. And then I can see like, oh, well, you know, this book is obviously selling because of this video, but I, I do, it, it is really hard to tell. Yeah. So when you say you, you see a video doing really well for what's the, what's some, give me an example of what some of the highest views you've gotten are. So my most viewed video has a million views. Wow. And That's it amazing. was, it was, it, the funniest thing is my videos that do extremely well, aren't the videos that I think are going to go viral. Like I'll spend a really long time making this video and then I'll get like, you know, 5,000 views, which is still great, but it's not a million views. So the video that has a million views is the cover reveal for the second book in the Never Dying series called Never Taken. And I was kind of annoyed that this is the one going viral because, you know, it's a sequel. But what I noticed is, you know, when that video blew up, people went and they bought the first book. Hmm. And then, you know, a handful of them bought the second book. And another time, like, it's honestly, though, it's completely about luck. Yeah. Like, in the TikToks, like, that do well, it does really have, like, a say in, like, my marketing. Like, I had a video go viral right before I wrote, about a book right before I released it. And that was, like, some of the best luck, like, I've ever had. That's awesome. That's very cool. So how do you, um, how did you... Did you get any help with pricing your books or how did you figure that part out? So right now I try to like look at other books that are around the same length and in the same genres. And I like try to tell currently because thankfully I'm still a teenager. I don't have to focus on trying to make like 
enough money to like live off of the books. So I'm trying to right now price my books. It's like more of a price comparable to like how, how much traditionally published books are because like what you'll notice is a lot of self-published books are priced higher because the authors have to you know make money like per book rather than like getting advances or like you know i guess publishers actually do pretty low royalties (laughs) either way but i'll notice like you know if there's a a self-published book in my genre that's published around ten dollars i'll try to price mine like as close to that as i can because really like competitive pricing is important but at the same time, now books, uh, books in bookstores are pretty expensive too, so it doesn't like matter as much. Yeah. And then my ebooks, I start out by pricing them at like ninety nine cents when it's in the pre order phase, but then I try to increase the price. Cool. And do you get someone to design your covers, or how do you? Yeah, yeah. I think I cannot design covers myself. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. that's awesome. So, what would you tell somebody who is, you know, maybe? older than you, maybe your age, whatever, who's, who hasn't started writing yet, but really, really wants to, and just keeps finding the excuses. It's hmm. a good question. I think like, it's so like silly, but honestly, just like sit down and like, you know, get in a like good space and just start writing. And I know that sounds like it's like not good advice, but seriously, like, just start. Like, put aside all your excuses, and even if you don't know, like, where you're going with what you're writing, just start writing. I remember one time, I think this was around, this is the summer between 7th and 8th grade, and I was, you know, writing my next book. I don't remember what number this was, but it was one of my (laughs) earlier ones, and I it wasn't working. I was like, Oh, I hate this. Like I was like genuinely, and I was about 2000 words in. So I was like two days into writing it, but I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't have an idea. I don't like this book. Like what if this is like the last book I ever write? Like I can't think of like anything, you know? And what happened was I was like, okay, I scrapped the 2000 words of the pretty awful book that I was writing. And instead I just sat down, literally no ideas in my head. I just started writing a story. And from there, that started to shape itself into a book that I really enjoyed writing, and that's The Axel Insurgent. And then that book was published in October. And then, you know, from there, I've actually never scrapped another book. Like, I've always actually followed them all the way through, which is surprising to me. Yeah. No, I think that's great advice because I think, you know, we spend so much time talking ourselves out of why we shouldn't do a thing that we just don't do the thing. And then we spend the rest of our lives kicking ourselves that we didn't do the thing. So it's easier to just do the freaking thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what are you working on right now? So right now I am working on this very realistic, like contemporary high school young adult book that I'm a little nervous about because it has a lot of real life, like social issues in it. So it's a bit more of like a book that like is a little more controversial than like some of the themes in my other books. However, I am genuinely really enjoying writing it. And whether or not, you know, I publish this one next year or in the future, I do really like it, except for the fact that right now I'm like 106,000 words in wow. and I'm not close to being done. And for like a high school, like, you know, contemporary YA book, that's very long. Yeah. <laughs> like it's going to, it's going to be longer than my high fantasy book. So I don't know how to feel about that, but, and then I'm starting to plan now that I think I'm maybe close to being done, maybe not. I'm starting to plan like my next book. Awesome. So tell everyone where they can find out more about you and buy some of your awesome books. 
Of course, so you can find me on my website, which is shantihershenson.com. That's S-H-A-N-T-I-H-E-R-S-H-E-N-S-O-N.com. I have, um, like, links to all my events. You can, there's links for most of my books on there. But, of course, you know, my primary way to sell my books is on Amazon. So if you just look up my name, you can find me. But also my books are available literally everywhere you buy books online and in most, like, a couple like in-person bookstores. Other than that, you can find me on Instagram, which is at Shanti Hershenson, and TikTok, which is at Shanti Who Writes. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Shanti. You really are an inspiration. Um, I'm, I feel so lucky I got to meet you, and I love hearing about your journey. And I really think that we're going to see awesome things from you going forward. So thank you. Thank you. Okay, people, are you inspired or what? I mean, I'm just in awe. As I said in the episode, I've known since I was a kid that I wanted to be a writer. I've said that to you guys many times, but I didn't write my first full-length novel until grad school. Grad school, like in my 20s. So my takeaway is this. Stop putting it off, get your butt in the chair, and get excited about what you want to create. And don't let TikTok scare you either. You heard her. It's, It's important, but it's not everything. And you got this. So I'd love to hear what your takeaway is from this episode. Send me a DM on Instagram and let me know or head over to kateconti.com, message me through my website and take a minute, click the follow button, subscribe to the podcast. I would love that. That way you'll never miss an episode. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.